that's all the Lord wants from, from us. It's for us to make a place right in here. That's it. If you do that, you're in. You're one of His. It's that simple. And I don't know if there's somebody here today that you haven't made that, that move yet. You haven't surrendered to Him. And I would just say to you, do it right now. Just stop where you're at and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I need you. I need salvation. I need what you did for me on that cross at Calvary. Lord, let your blood wash over me. Cleanse me from my sins. And when you pray that in Jesus' name, there's something that happens. Yes, Lord. Immediately, instantly. You may not feel it, or you may, but it happened in heaven. Your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you pray that prayer, when you're forgiven of your sins, when Jesus has cleansed you of all unrighteousness, that's when you get that miraculous ticket yes, hallelujah. that's going to get you into heaven. Not a literal ticket, but your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when that day comes that the church is taken to heaven, you're going to be there. Thank you, so don't Jesus. wait if you haven't already done it. Confess your sin to Jesus and say, Lord, change me from the inside out. And if you're at home today and you'd say, I haven't done that, I give you the same advice. Say yes to Jesus this morning. Let him do what only God can do. Let him change you from the inside out. Hallelujah. Father, we again thank you for this wonderful, amazing day, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we know winter is upon us. <laughs> the evidence is outside. We can't deny it. It's coming. As much as... Uh, Six months of wonderful white stuff. At any rate, we're here because we need our spirit warmed up. Amen. We're here because we need you, yes, Jesus. Jesus. We've made room for you. Lord, and now we ask you to have your way with us. Yes, Lord. Lord, just move in the hearts of your people today. Yes, God. We give you this, this service. We give you this people. All that I am, all that I have, Lord, I give to you. And I pray, Lord, have your way. Have your way with each and every one of us. And as this message goes out today, Lord, let it not return void. The enemy has resisted it. But, Lord, I believe it, it's a strong word for today. There are going to be people today whose lives are going to be changed as a result. We pray a standard around this place. We ask, Lord, that you would loose angels around us, warring angels. And Lord, unstop our ears. Shatter our hearts. They're hard. Make them soft again. We commit this church, this people, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Great job today. Awesome. Hey, can, can we have our little ragamuffin come over here? Come on.
You know who I'm talking to? Anybody re recognize her? She's incognito. This is Melinda, our youth leader. She's demonstrating her before child, before Jesus before child. Before Jesus. So this is what I look like in high school. Um, my makeup is so heavy that it's hurting my eyes. Um, yeah, I was very seen, but I'm teaching downstairs about showing partiality based off how people look. And this is how I looked in high school. I very much needed Jesus. Luckily, um, I had a youth leader who was willing to look past how I seen and show me the real love of Jesus. And that's what I try to be to our kids. So. Amen. You want to release them yes. since you're up here? All right. Children and youth, you are released. Released. Have fun. Please, God. Thank you, Melinda. Yeah, she snuck up behind me earlier, and I didn't even know who it was. Good morning. Unlike last week, so far this week, everything's working. Ah, I like it when things come together. So, how many of you have ever driven in a thick fog? Isn't it wonderful? I mean, you're going through it with your teeth gritted, your hands are on that steering wheel, and you're just waiting for something to be in front of you that isn't supposed to be. It freaks you out, doesn't it? If you drive in the fog long enough, have any of you ever been hypnotized by it? Isn't that a, another wonderful thing about living in northern Michigan? It's, I mean, not just fog, but snow too. It, it can do that to you. I call it the fog effect. But when you finally leave the fog, you can see clearly again. I can see clearly. No, never mind. And the fear, I know. And the fear leaves you. The anxiety leaves you. And you, you have that immediate sense of relief. Ah, safe at last. Today's message is centered around those who are, metaphorically speaking, in a spiritual fog. And this is the title that I've given it. Coming out of the fog, okay, are we going to do this again? Guess what, John, you get to do this with me. All right, next. Next, ah, oh, there it is. Coming out of the fog, developing, see, that, see what I did there? Go back one. Coming out of the fog, all right, there's the fog. Next, developing spiritual clarity in your life. How many could use some spiritual clarity? Well, we're going to talk about that, what that means today. So the spiritual fog that I'm talking about relates to things that can cloud our soul. Do you think that's a good thing? No. We don't want our soul clouded, right? Not unless we're in heaven and then we're on the cloud, you know. No, but we're, we're surrounded by so many negative factors today, right? I mean, just look around. And, and everything that's 
coming at us, it tries to suck the life out of you. And sometimes it, it, it actually accomplishes that. You're at the end of the day or the week, you're just going, wow, I don't want to go through that again. Right? But when you recognize that Jesus Christ came to save you, you've invited him to take over your life. And, and I'm assuming that most in the room are born again. But when you invite him to take over, and I talked about that when I first started, the cloudiness, the heaviness, it lifts off of us. How many have experienced that? You prayed that sinner's prayer, and you felt that release, that burden just went... Just me? Raise your hand if that's you. Come on. Not everybody. All right, all right. I appreciate everybody being honest. But sometimes we pray that prayer, we accept what Jesus did for us on the cross, and there are still some things that kind of hang on. You know what I'm saying? First, I want everybody to understand that when you invite Jesus into your life, when you become born again, the Holy Spirit takes residence up in, inside of you. God lives in you. That thing we call the heart, our spirit, our soul, God lives in you. For God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship in spirit and? And we're going to get into some of that truth today. It's a miracle. Would you agree? Second, and this is important, that old sinful man, that nature, the old, the old man, the old nature. I mean, I'm old anyway. It doesn't matter which nature. I'm just old. But I'm talking about the sinner when I say old man. Because I'm no longer a sinner in Christ's eyes. I'm born again. I'm one of his kids. I'm a kingdom kid. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a kingdom kid. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sometimes that old nature hangs on and doesn't want to let go. And then we see verses like the next one, John. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life is begun. How do we deal with this? I just said that when you become born again, sometimes things hang on. The old man, they don't like to let go. You know, for most of us, we didn't get saved when we were eight or nine. Some of you may have. But most of us were probably an adult when we made that decision for Christ. So that means that you lived 20, maybe 30, some of you maybe 60 years before you knew Jesus. And the old man had the majority of that time. So you've become born again, and, and now you're dealing with this flesh stuff. What do you do with that? Some have mistakenly made the claim that each person, when they become born again, is, is instantly sinless. 
But that's not what the Apostle Paul is inferring here, is it? What I believe he is stating, and, and I want you to, this is important, so I want you to really get this. What I believe he's saying here is, anyone who becomes born again is going to live differently. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to live differently. No longer is the sinful man going to dominate the spirit man. No longer is the sinful man going to dominate over the righteous man. With Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, the table is turned. And the righteous man now dominates over the sinful man. Go back a few verses 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. I have quite a few scriptures this morning, but I want to really make my point. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. That means we decide to live differently. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, those who are born again, will no longer live for themselves. And you see, part of the sinful man, part of the old man is to live for self. But now, you're making the choice, you're making the decision to live for Jesus all the days that you have left. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Let me just go back to the very first sentence here Christ's love controls us. In some of the versions, it actually says, Christ urges us on. And I believe that's more accurate because if Christ controlled us, we'd no longer have free will. And we do have free will. Would you agree with me? So Christ, through his love, he urges us on to do what's right. But it's not a, a forceful thing. It's not God up there going, Dave, you screwed up again. Yeah, I know, right? That's not the kind of God we serve. No, he backs up and he just lets us do our thing until we realize, hey, where'd God go? Lord, you still there? He never moved. We're the one that moved. We're the one that turned our back, if you will, on the Lord. And, and we do that when we let the old man take over again. And forgive me if you're an old man in here. You're going to hear this a lot today. <laughs> Hallelujah. We no, no longer live to sin. Rather, we live to honor and obey Jesus Christ. How many have heard the old saying, the dog that you feed becomes the dominant, stronger dog? You want to put that up? Oh, I, I can do it now? Nope. Not a, oh, wait. Did I do that? Nope, you did. Sorry. See, I shouldn't have spoke so soon earlier. We need to feed the right dog. We need to feed the righteous dog. Can you say amen? amen? Why don't you repeat that with me? Feed the righteous dog. One more time. 
feed the righteous dog. Some of us really need to hear this. Put that next slide up. How many know what that is? Titanic. Remember that story? Many Christians only deal with the tip of their spiritual baggage. When they come to Christ, instead of dealing with everything, they just deal with the surface stuff. They pray the prayer, and I really believe they're sincere in everything they're doing, but they stop there. Ouch! According to Dr. Peter Scazzaro, he's a church leader and author, and he, he wrote this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's a great book. 90% of what people struggle with below the surface never gets dealt with by the Holy Spirit. 90%? That's huge. That's too much. If this is true, <laughs> that this is us. We're dealing with the stuff that's up here that everybody gets to see. But down underneath, man, there's some stuff brewing that we've got to take care of. It's, a, it's imperative that we take care of this if we want spiritual clarity. If we want to know what God's saying today. Because the only way you're going to hear from the Lord is if you take care of this. Hallelujah. You know, when I read this, what I just shared with you about that 90%, my first thought was, if this is true, the church is truly hypocritical. And I don't want that to be true. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I am to you. And I hope you realize that, that I'm not up here going, I shame on all of you. I'm up here because I care about you. God cares about you. Listen, I have wrestled this week with this message. And I shared with one of the brothers this morning, I said, I don't want to do this one. And I actually said, I heard this in the Spirit. Some, you know when you, you cook bacon? What's that noise? That's, that's what the Lord showed me this morning. There's going to be some spiritual sizzling going on here. And all I can say to you is if the shoe fits, take it off. Merriam-Webster defines hypocritical, and I've got the slide, a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion. Or the second one is a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. That's what a hypocrite is. Please, just in your own space, ask the Lord, is that me? Just say, Lord, is that me? Because I don't want anybody here to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to be 
a righteous man called by God Put another way, what are you saying, or excuse me, what you are saying isn't what you're living. Do you think that's the way Jesus intended us to live? To bury 90% of our, our secrets. I've been sharing this verse a lot lately, and I, I truly do believe it's from the Lord, but John 10.10 10, this is the message, and, and, he, and he said, a thief is only here to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. A better life is one where there are no secrets kept between God and his servant, between Heavenly Father and His spiritual son or daughter. And yet, many, if not most Christians, according to this study, according to Scazzaro, live secret lives, afraid that if they're honest with God or even with themselves or those closest to them, they might be rejected or worse, abandoned. When it comes to God, though, he'll never abandon you. Hebrews 13.5 tells us that. How many of you struggle with things because you're afraid that if you bring them to the surface, it might reflect, reflect poorly on the image that you have presented? Thank you. A lot of you are raising your hands. And if that's you, you need to understand that is a prideful intention. That's your flesh. <laughs> when you hide things like this, you are quite literally placing yourself in a spiritual fog. Making clarity in the spirit almost impossible, if not impossible. If you want to know what God has for you, you must deal with your underlying sins. And I use sins... Sin is anything that is contradictory of the Lord. Sin is anything that puts a wall up between you and the Lord. And that's how I want you to look at this this morning. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this question. And I'm assuming most of you again are born again. When Jesus died for your sins, when they hung him on the cross and he said, It is finished, was there anything that he did not cover with his blood? Put another way, did Jesus get up when he got done with? with that wonderful thing he rose again and, and, and he came out and says you know I, I got to that lust thing and I just went nah I'm not messing with that no everything every, everything that breaks us down that breaks our spirit man down was covered 
with the blood of Jesus. All of our sin was covered. It'd be a sick joke that God played on us if he only covered some sins. Let's look at a scripture that not only declares what I'm saying, but also speaks to those things that we try to hide. 1 John 1.5 This is the message we heard from Jesus. So who's it coming from? Jesus. And now I declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Remember what I said earlier. Those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, by the way, I hope you see what he's saying here. If you're living in the light, meaning what? You're not hiding stuff. You put the sinful things in that dark room where nobody else can see it. That's not us, is it? No. We say, bring it on. Turn a light on, Lord. Whatever it takes. I got nothing to hide. You paid for it. It's all yours. Then we have fellowship with each other, he said, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that's my highlight there at the end. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, let me go back. God is light. There is no darkness in him. Sins are comparable to darkness, right? So when we hide our sins or we cover our blemishes, as I'm calling them, Instead of dealing with them by bringing them to the forefront, we're asking the Holy Spirit to just kind of, well, just gloss over this, you know. I don't want you to look at this part of me. Just, hey, look, if you go, no, don't go there, stay there. If you look at that iceberg, you remember it? The little piece on top, what we're saying is, Holy Spirit, just look at this part that's up above. Don't worry about the stuff down below. It's not really important. Hello. We're essentially going dark. And I repeat what John said. God is light. There is no darkness in him. People that love Jesus live in the light. Say that with me. People that love Jesus live in the light. Verse 6 is basically saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. If we spend most of our time in, in spiritual darkness, then we have no fellowship with God. These two are not synonymous. You can't have light and dark and put them together. It doesn't work. You're either going to serve one or the other. Many of you might say, but the top 10% so good. 
Here's the thing. Jesus paid for all of you. Jesus paid for all of you. That's a, that's a slide, John. Jesus paid for all of you. I'll, I'll just start going, ding. He wants all of you. And, and, and you might say, well, wait a minute. God wants that messy stuff? <laughs> I didn't make the rules. I didn't die for you. Only Jesus did. And he died for all of you. So, give all of you to God. Excuse my bad, poor English. Go ahead. Give all you got to God. Say that with me. Give all you got to God. All the bumps and the blemishes and the warts. Don't worry about it. That's his business. And you know what? God can take that side of us that we look at and go, ew. And he can do beautiful things. He can miraculously change us if we are honest with him and we open up our hearts to him. This foundational scripture from Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this. If you confess, why don't you say that with me? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Would you agree that confession is good for the soul? You want to put that last slide back up? Or the next slide, I should say. If we are living in the light, verse 7, if we're being truthful with God, then we have fellowship, not only with God, but with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That means our past sin, our present sin, and our future sins. Being born again does not mean you'll never sin again. It means that when you do, it will be forgiven, provided that you are being truthful about it. Are you still with me? Being truthful with ourselves, with each other, and with God leads to our sins coming under the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the full life that Jesus was implying in John 10.10. 10. That life that we never dreamed of. But to receive that full life, we must live in the light and we must be truthful. Next slide. Ding. Ding. No secrets. Say it with me. No secrets. We should not be a people of secrets. We should not be a people of secrets. You guys getting ready for this? But there is a problem. Some of you feel like, and you may have seen this before, you feel like Colonel Nathan R. Jessup in the movie A Few Good Men. Go ahead and just quickly play that. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! That's some of you. You can't handle the truth. The colonel knew that 
All the bad things had been swept under the carpet. He knew that if this truth got out, it was going to influence a lot of people negatively from the top down. And he was trying to keep that from being exposed. However, even though you can't handle the truth, the fact is, God can handle the truth. God can handle the truth. And so can you if you overcome your fear and your pride long enough to realize this fact. This next passage in Romans 14, 11 and 12 says this, For the Scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So the question here remains, will you take care of your sins now and receive God's mercy and grace and new life? Or at the judgment seat? where you'll receive God's wrath rather than his mercy. You hear the sizzling? You realize that we're at war? God wants our soul. The devil doesn't want our soul to get to God. John 10.10, 10, that very first part says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Our adversary is Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the thief, the murderer. So many other things that he's known for. His purpose is to steal and kill and destroy anything that God blesses. Look at your neighbor and say, that's us. If you're in us, you're in his sights. He wants to destroy you. Jesus describes one of the devil's attributes when he rebuked the Pharisees. He actually said a couple things, but in John 8, he said, For you are the children of your father the devil, talking to the Pharisees here, the leaders in the Jewish community, and he said, And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, was always hate, he always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. So what am I, what's my best advice to you today? The next slide. Stop listening to the devil's lies. He is the one that's trying to get you to keep this stuff buried. But here's the problem. That next, next slide. If you're burying 90% of your sins, then who is your father? God is light. Put that next part up. 10%. God is light. He's the top part of this if this is you, 
I'm not saying everybody here, this is you, but statistically they're saying this is us. 10%, God is light. That means the other 90% is darkness, which makes sense. It's under the water. It's dark down there, right? Do the math. Who do you serve? If this is you, who do you serve? Hello? Which master do you serve? Church is a couple hours a week on Sunday. The rest of the week makes up most of your life. If you only put your Christian face on Sunday morning, then go home, school, or work, live like the devil the rest of the week, you are obviously serving the father of lies and not Jesus. That's quite a picture, isn't it? What can you do if your life is like an iceberg? And this is what the Lord gave me. First, accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you on the cross. And if you haven't already done this, invite him to come into your life and to change you forever. And then the work begins. In the, in the assembly, we call it sanctifying. It's a process. Sanctification is a process. And as we learn more about Jesus and spend time in the Bible and in prayer and so on and, and spend time with our friends in the church, we see things. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And, and, and we, quite honestly, take a chisel to it. And just, you know? And we get rid of the stuff that doesn't belong. You know, I, I should have had the picture up there, but somebody said this about Michelangelo, and it might have been his quote. He was working on a sculpture, and somebody said, how do you come up with your design? How do you, how do you end up with this beautiful statue? And he looked at him, and he says, well, he says, I take this block, and I just decide what doesn't belong. And that's what we do in the Spirit with God living in us as we chip away at it. Every day we look a little bit more like Him, like Jesus. He was perfect in every sense. And we're working toward that, right? We're not going to get there until we're in heaven when we're, we're given those glorious bodies that He has in store for us. But we're supposed to be working on it it's a daily sanctification. And you chisel away at these lies by being honest with the Holy Spirit than with yourself, exposing the sins that you have hidden so deep. 1 John 1, 8 through 10 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. 
I ran across this next little tidbit really by accident, but when I saw it, I might be stretching it just a little bit. But Have you ever heard of the condition known as imposter syndrome? Have you? How many have? Raise your hand. Oh, more of you than I thought. All right. Now, I went to the source, right? Wikipedia. <laughs> I know. This is what it says, though, about the imposter syndrome. It's a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, their talents, or their accomplishments, resulting in a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as frauds. When I saw that, you know, it just struck a chord with me. It was like, man, how many of us do this? And it kind of goes back to that, uh, the church being hypocrites. Do you see the connection? That we're, we're, we're living a, a life that's not even real. And we're afraid of being exposed as frauds. If you apply this imposter syndrome to our spiritual health, let me ask you this. Do you fear being exposed as a fraud? Do you cover up dark secrets? You don't have to raise your hand. Do you cover up dark secrets in your life thinking that this is the best way to live? If you are, you're being lied to. By who? The father of all lies. Hiding your secrets, it only leads to more fear and paranoia. That's right. Whoa. Forget about what man thinks. Here's my solution. Forget about what man thinks. Say this to yourself. Forget about what man thinks. Mark 8.36, Jesus asked this question. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Can I paraphrase this? Would you allow me? This is not from the Bible. This is Pastor Norton's paraphrase of what Jesus is saying here. And it kind of goes along with the context of what this message is. What good does it do? to trick everyone into thinking you were all that spiritually, and then in the end lose your soul. As I begin to close, I reiterate, I'm not here to judge you. I'm up here because I love you. If I didn't love you, I would not have presented this message to you today. I would have chosen one that was warm and fluffy. You're going to be blessed, people. Every day in your life, you're going to be blessed. That's the kind of message I'd probably pick. And everybody would be going, yeah. And then some of you'd go to hell. Because I didn't present the truth. Because I didn't preach all the gospel. I just preached the fun, warm, fuzzy parts. I want you to know that I'm a real pastor. And I'm going to give you it all. That's all there is to it. Because. Because why? Because I want you 
to be with us in heaven when that day comes. I want all of you to be ready when that trumpet blows, when that trumpet blows, yes, when that trumpet blows, we are going to be taken up. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then all of us will go with them to be with the Lord Jesus forever. That quick. But you got to be truthful with the Lord, with yourself, with people around you. You can't be living a double life. God loves you, and he wants you to be whole, W-H-O-L-E. What are you covering up? What are you trying to hide? And I say trying because it never works. You may hide things from people, but you can't hide things from the Holy Spirit. Why not be truthful and honest with the Lord and get rid of that weight that's holding you down? That stuff that's under the surface, surface that's holding you back from your best life. And I've already said this, but I bears witness. Jesus wants all of you, all your bumps and warts. He doesn't care. So this is what you have to do. Next slide. Come out of the fog. Let God intervene. The Holy Spirit wants to bring clarity into your life. And that will come as you take this step of faith. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if that's you, I want you just to come and make an altar. And I want you to just have a conversation with the Lord. Get on your knees and confess your sins to Him. And, and not just the convenient ones, but all of them. Could I ask you guys, if you would, stay on the floor. I want you to be a part of this. I want the whole, everybody except Sarah. Sorry, Sarah, you're stuck. Stop hiding and start living. That's what I've got here. Stop hiding and start living. If you truly want to be free from sin and condemnation, take advantage of this offer, which I think is from heaven. I really believe that. The way I've struggled with it this week, lives are going to be changed. So I want to give that open invitation, and, and before I do, I just wanted to share this last scripture, Romans 8, one of my favorites. <laughs> Can you read this with me? So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. It don't get any better than that. So can we make an altar here? Just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do here. Would you come if, if you're inclined? If, if you've got anything underneath the surface, 
I'm not expecting you to tell anybody besides God right now. You just come and you just make your, your place here and let God deal with it. Would you come? Father, draw them in. Draw them up, Lord. Holy Spirit, convict us, Lord, if need be. Challenge us. Don't let us leave here today the same as when we came in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. feel like the Lord is nudging me again. This is a word that I sense is from him. You can judge it. Was my sacrifice not enough for you? I gave my all that you might have all. But you sit here smugly thinking that you can go on and not deal with the things that are under the surface. And I'm here to say to you today, that's no longer acceptable. I am giving you the opportunity today to get right with me, to be cleansed of all secrets, those things that nobody else knows about, just you and I. And I am saying to you today, get right with me, for you know not the day or the hour that I am returning. 
Be ready. Be prepared. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a moment, if you will, and just get down here. If you're inclined and you haven't already made it up, Would you read that verse one more time with me or a couple verses? Romans 8, 1 to 2. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, that's, that's our proclamation. We're no longer held by death it has no hold on us we're no longer held by our sin because it's under the blood we're free say we're free free. would you stand with me say it again we're free why are we free because of Jesus hallelujah now listen I hope next week's going to be a little easier message. I try. But I know that people were set free today. And I feel like I was set free today. And we can go out of here rejoicing that we're ready. Whatever comes at us next, you know, if this, if this world around us goes down the toilet, and in some days it seems like that, doesn't it? 
We don't have to worry about it. Why? Because we know what's next. If you read in the New Testament, if you read the book of Revelation, if you read in Thessalonians, you know that this stuff's going to happen. Timothy said it. Man, this stuff is going to be hard. So hard that the hearts of some will grow cold. And I don't want you to be in that. I don't want you to be lumped in there where your heart becomes cold. Let's keep our hearts warm and hot for the things of God. And we do that by being truthful. And not just here this morning, Sunday morning, but every day. Make this your new assignment. Be truthful with yourself, with the Lord, maybe even some people in your own life. They could probably help you if you just give them a chance. Father, again, we are thankful for the word. And as tough as this one was today, Lord, I believe it will not return void. Even as we leave here today, Lord, just remind us of this today, this week, the rest of our life, Lord. We want to flip that iceberg (laughs) so that the 90%, and I'm just going after that little 10% is underneath the water. Those are things we're still dealing with that maybe we don't even realize are part of us. But Lord, help us to be strong Christians. To lean on the Holy Spirit. We love you. Lord, we commit this people of the hope. Those watching online, Lord, we commit them into your hands. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 